0: Hello, my name is Meryl Jones Williams, and I will be having a conversation with Callan Molinari for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's Community Oral History Project. In our Mm -hmm. conversation, we will also be celebrating and memorializing Callan's wife, Mira Bellwether, who passed away on December 25th, 2022. This is an oral history project centered on the experiences of trans-identifying people it is Saturday, January 6th, 2024, and this is being recorded on Zoom. I know there was a lot of,
1: well, I don't know, but I suspect there was a lot of arguing before they settled on, uh, what was it, trans-identifying people?
0: Yeah, trans-identifying people. <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> it's fine. It just, it's... Uh... It's very by
1: committee. Like, no, we can't say transgender because then there's going to be people who are like, oh, but I'm not transgender. And we can't put transsexual in because then people are going to be weird about that. And
0: anyway. (laughs) No, I like it. I like the
1: feedback. Oh, yeah. No, it's terminology is an ongoing war for as long as we've existed. And we have always existed, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like ever evolving and changing. So I think their project too, from what I know is also open to that. So it's like helpful. Um, or it's just like, they are constantly like changing their language. Hey, to um, I'm sure that they are, but
1: yeah, no, I think they, they hit on a safe phrase. So there's yeah. <laughs> no reason why they need to change that.
0: <laughs> well, um, I guess, Maybe I want to ask you first because um, I was first introduced to you about um, your intentions to memorialize your wife. But I wanted to ask you if you wanted, if you preferred to talk about yourself first or to, to go into that first.
1: Sure. Um, I mean, a few questions about me. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. Um, so, um, what are your gender pronouns? Uh, he him. Okay. And um, when and where were you born? Uh, Staten Island, unfortunately, Um, and
1: 1985. Nice. Yeah. Ah. (laughs) Height of the needle tide on Staten Island. So we lived by a beach. We just never went to it because it was
0: filthy because the 80s in New York was. Can you, yeah, do you have any memories about that time growing up there? Um I mean
1: I don't know. Whenever I talk about my childhood, I I feel like I sound like um the monologue Carrie Fisher wrote for Doctor Evil. Like my childhood was quite typical, Meet Hummetz and Spring. Um I don't yes, but not anything special or particular um well my brother uh did get very very sick with what turned out to be kidney failure which then got better long story I don't know um but when you were when you were a kid yeah I was seven he was like four Mm -hmm. um and it was 19... Ninety-two, mm-hmm. yeah, nineteen ninety-two, and um, so we we're broke, working class, um, despite uh, the boat in the family, um, but the boat you had a the, boat f- the the ferry the Monterey ferry oh yeah the Monterey ferry yes we referred to it as the family boat um but now we don't have boats. My dad did work on well, first of all, because a boat is a terrible investment. Um, and second of all, my dad uh, worked at a marina. So he had more than his fair share of boats and did not like the water, did not like being on the water, had no interest in the beach or so, so no, no boats. Boats are only for work. Um, God I'm sorry I told you Tangent City um but anyway so my brother is very sick uh one of my mom's like 12,000 great uncles uh one of them happened to be like a mucky muck at um Cornell Wheel at the time uh which is how my brother didn't die because they got him into a decent hospital but on the way there uh they were transferring him via ambulance and the emt who was in the back with them told my mom well you better hope he doesn't need blood because we were still at that point in the in the perception of the aids crisis in new york and also like it was pretty close to when they did not have a system to filter blood and you know you get your ryan whites and all that stuff so uh i feel
0: like that gives a flavor to
1: the time
0: uh yeah totally um and i don't know if you did but could you tell me if you happened to have any early encounters with trans community like as a child or
1: did um, that come
0: later well
1: technically <laughs> uh i went to middle school with my friend leo and um I don't know if he knew at the time. I certainly didn't. I only came out in... uh, Well, I'm... I'm kind of in a weird Benjamin Button situation because, you know, I have been in trans community for about a dozen plus years at this point, but um, I am also uh, a hatchling of COVID. This is probably where... I put a pause and say, are you familiar with egg theory?
0: (laughs) Egg theory? Like, or like just the concept of a a trans egg? No. Mm -mm. Tell me more.
1: (laughs) I will tell you more. Um, It was coined by this girl named uh, Zoe Wolf, I believe. Uh, in Jackie S. of Daryl fame uh, wrote a zine called Egg Mode which had it in there and you know it's sort of become a uh, it's definitely widespread among trans women and it's increasingly being used by trans masks Um, but my My life and my heart is always for the girls. So that's the side that I'm always on. Um, So basically, the the idea is that you're always a trans person. It's just, you know, when you come out of that shell and realize it. So, you know, so you have eggs who are, you know, trans people and maybe don't know it or sort of, you know, tiptoeing up to it. And um, it's also used to describe sort of the years before you transition, whether you knew it or not. And like, you know, some of the weird stuff you might have done that looking back, you're like, oh, I was trying to meet a need there. Um, And then when you come out, you hatch. Um, And yes, that is that's more or less it. Um, it became, I think it also showed up, this is like around 20, 2014, I think. Um, it also shows up in, uh, Imogen Binney's Nevada, I believe. So it was definitely like, um, A lot of things that wind up sort of dispersed into uh, trans lit and trans culture and thinking like comes from smaller groups of trans women who are, you know, talking with each other and um, just sort of conceptualizing their experience and the trans experience and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, and like learning like from each other in these like social spaces. Um, How do you feel, because the initial question was like, if you had, what were your like first experiences were with trans community? Do you feel that? Um, yes, I went off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's how, that's sorry, how it goes.
1: <laughs> Technically, because um, I went to middle school, junior high, with um my friend Leo, which um like he was and this is like back in ninety ninety six, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Um he was a big Nirvana fan at the time, which in retrospect is a sign. Um but yeah so we grew up together and um we both made it off the island. And we met as adults, and he was transitioning. Um, And uh, I wasn't. (laughs) I was still sort of, you know, easing my way into uh, queerness. How old were you? Oh, when we were, um probably twenty-four, twenty-five when we remet as adults. Mm-hmm. Um and uh back in the days of Facebook, <laughs> if that <laughs> uh
0: still around, but yeah. But back when I don't know how old you are I'm 37 okay so we're the same age you know yeah 86
1: yeah okay um but yeah like back when that was a big thing and you know yeah I remember and stuff so he was always sending me invites to uh like um like different trans man events and this was the era of original plumbing which I don't know if you're familiar with no okay um so original plumbing was a magazine by uh I've heard about it I've heard of it but tell me okay. um actually one of Mira's exes was a cover boy which is funny because now like we we've been friends for several years so now it's just like, oh, Jay, I forgot you did this. Oh yeah, you were a porn star for a while. Huh. Um and this is also part of why I am doing this interview because our history goes like that. And, right. Like I I am blowing kids who are in their 20s minds mm-hmm. with like with stuff like original plumbing. Um let me see. Oh, there's a chat. I can just send you a link.
0: Yeah, I remember you mentioned the phrase. Um, this was on one of my questions: toddlers teaching babies, in like regards to how quickly. <laughs> yes, uh, Mira termed it. Oh. Yes,
1: we definitely we come in micro generations, and um, a lot of us, frankly, die. Uh, like Leo did. Um, oh, yeah, he is. Uh, he completed suicide in
0: 2012. Uh, was Leo and, living in New York City? Uh, he was living in
1: Brooklyn with partner MC, uh, Mary Catherine Halfpenny, which was the most Catholic girl name I've ever heard and why they preferred referred to go by MC. Um <clears throat> but they, uh, <laughs> his uh, long story short, his mom's in a nightmare. Um, his dad also completed suicide, I think jumping off the Barrazzano, oh
0: and um,
1: several years before. And, um, long story short, uh, he is now buried on Staten Island under his dead name, and um, Oh, is that what you were mentioning in
0: your email, yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember what I wrote
1: my email, but probably, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so there was, you know, there was him, and um, honestly, I just kind of fell into it like friends of friends. Um, I became really close with my friend, uh, Jesse Rosalie, who. Uh, actually, actually, uh, I am the one who gave her her middle name largely because it scanned well into uh, most of the songs from Gypsy. Wow. Hey. <laughs> I love Gypsy. <laughs> there you got me. You got me. Um, and yeah, just meeting more people and being around and. Yeah. Um, Like, getting into dating as a queer adult and, you know, uh, dating other trans people, specifically trans women. Um, Yeah, I mean, 2012, 2013, 2014 was really sort of... um, it was an exciting time to be a transsexual in New York of Moon mm-hmm. certain age and uh predilection. Um, like we're talking sort of uh you know prime tipping point era. Um like me and my roommates watched uh Laverne Cox and um Janet Mock have a conversation, I think. I think either from one of the kidneys or maybe the new school, I don't know. But they were televising talk between them and like me and my roommates watched it like with the Super Bowl, like we had snacks and all that jazz. Um yeah, it was there was a lot of hope and a lot of growth. And uh you had stuff like topside publishing, although they wound up being Uh, a disaster (laughs) eventually um, like we would not have let me put it this way Uh, Tori would not have landed on Oprah's book list if you know none of this stuff had happened back in you know the 2010s like people like Imogen, Benny and Mira and Casey Platt and, you know, everybody like that really coming to create stuff and write about our lives, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for us, by us. Um, I think
0: I've wandered off a bit, but, um, I mean, it's, it makes sense. Um, Kind of like in the journey of finding, it sounded like, from what I was hearing, that it, there was like a social seed and then like that that kind of like created this web. And then that time it, during the 2010s that you kind of like rode that together and it encouraged like a growth of this material. Um, yeah. Um, is that, would you say that's the case? Um I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's what I like received from what you were saying. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. So it relates, I think. And I guess I was going to ask you also if you think how your experience of being trans now compares to that time or the past.
1: Well, first of all, I wasn't out as trans. Um, So there's that. Uh, I got called a chaser a couple times, uh, which my response to was always like, I'm the one being chased. Like, I you overestimate me, my good man. Um, But I think... The main difference is hope and the absence of like uh that period was also when um trans care first started being covered by New York Medicaid, which is huge because yeah, most of us are poor. Um good luck to those who aren't and uh <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I had a roommate at this time uh, who was a trans girl who quit her pretty lucrative editing job to make communist jewelry, which was just flying off the shelves, as you can imagine. Like, her parents were paying her rent. Um, But, you know, she liked to talk big about the socialist paradise and all that shit. And um, one night, uh, Mira was visiting. She wasn't living in New York yet. Um but she was staying with me and my roommates. And uh
0: where was she living at that time? If you She recall? was
1: back in Iowa. Um cuz she bounced from a whole bunch of places. Um she was born in Iowa outside of Des Moines. Um which she showed me like the business uh like downtown business area of des moines on google earth at one point and i just started laughing which in my defense i was high <laughs> but i started laughing and i was like that's not a city that's an intersection <laughs> and i stand by that but they do have very impressively large supermarkets um but uh yeah so she grew up in iowa like did drag out in the midwest in the late 90s um went to grad school in (laughs) Whisk. she would often make fun of me for um and she was right to do so that Uh, New Yorkers definitely have a certain amount of provincialism about everywhere else. Like, I would always get the names of, like, different Midwest states mixed up. But um... then she moved to Chicago as, like, in her early 20s with a girlfriend who was going to art school. Uh, Then Mira wound up going to grad school. And um, as a uh, women's studies major um, and uh, she taught classes and stuff and she was really good at it and missed that when it wound up not being something she could do. Um she wound up getting kicked out of grad school because um, her girlfriend at the time sort of you know darvoed her to the uh campus courts, which is insane that campuses have legal systems in and of themselves like granted i went to fit like mm-hmm. we didn't really we didn't have a campus we had a sidewalk so like i i forget that these places are sort of like self-governing states like the Vatican. Um, So anyway, long story short, uh, her girlfriend who was abusing her was like, no, she's abusing me. And, you know, who are they going to pick, the cis girl or the transsexual? So um, then she was in uh, Austin for a little bit in Texas um met our friend Gisele there who I'm still close to he's great um and then wound up in San Francisco for a couple years um which had good points but also uh had a very abusive partner there who um uh put her to work let's put it that way uh so less bad stuff happens and you uh,
0: already knew Mira at that point um or that yeah. was before yeah that was before yeah, this was all long before I'd met her um
1: I met her because she was dating a friend of mine mm-hmm. uh who is crazy and that's also a very long story um Uh, But considers me her nemesis, which is very funny. Um, But yeah, so I met her through a friend who was dating her. And at that point, she was back in San Francisco, uh, back in Iowa, because she had escaped the abusive girlfriend in San Francisco. uh, Got. Went cold turkey off heroin in her mom's house in Iowa without telling her mom because her mom would freak out. Um, uh, this is also the period of life where her the big scar on her forearm came from. Uh, because if you are perceived as a junkie whore, uh, even in San Francisco, uh, they are not going to treat you well medically. Um, I think, well, her girlfriend liked to stab her. So there was plenty of those scars. Um, I think that one was also a cut. I don't remember if it was a cut or if it was um, an abscess that got really bad. But either way, she had like a big, big open wound. And instead of sewing it up like you're supposed to and should, they just gave her a wet to dry dressing. And she just had to wait for it to heal for, for months and months. And, you know,
0: uh, so yeah. So the so negative experiences also with healthcare and like, oh, yeah. I mean, oh. as she put it
1: like there's murder and suicide are not the only reasons that trans women die on a lot of it is medical neglect refusal of services. Do um, you get a doctor and they do shit like that to you? Like, you know, it's hard. She a thing I've had to accept after her death, which, with limited success, is that a lot of People and institutions failed her along the way. And I wasn't big enough to fix all of that. And no one is. And like her her friend her friend Bryn Kelly um was from Appalachia, lived in New York for years, um, was HIV positive and like the healthcare was bullshit. Like, uh, Cal Ward, which, uh, theoretically, uh, is supposed to have retained the HIV consciousness of their founding. Like, I went in a couple weeks ago and no one's wearing a mask. Like, my doctor's not wearing a mask. Like, okay, cool. But then nobody is anymore. And, you know, the one thing I'm grateful for is that Mira died before that because she died in December. They rescinded masks in February. And even before that, it was an ongoing fight to uh, try and keep her safe. Like, I spent a lot of time uh, at the fucking uh, chemo infusion center, Perlmutter, which is, you know. Theoretically best of the best doing the like, I'm so sorry. I think you're, I think your mask slipped. Like, don't just pull it up a little bit. Okay. Cause. Yeah. Uh, everything's terrible. I think is the summation of that. <laughs> yeah. um, a real yes. lack
0: of sensitivity around. Um, yeah. I've noticed that for sure. And it's not. um It's not safe for everyone then it's not you know it's like none of us are really safe if we're not like making it's not safe for anyone everyone
1: it's not safe for anyone right now but there is just a majority of people who would pretend would prefer to pretend that it's not happening like i'm hearing ambulances every hour or so near my apartment like it's really very bad and that's even with like no testing like we're barely testing um no masking um but you know let's let's all go eat in the restaurant and go to Taylor Swift concerts and you know so on and so forth
0: Um, he said bitter face well not to pivot, but I guess we could try to talk a little bit about Mira and um, I have some questions and one of them is um, like, if you could tell me just about your first memory of Mira and a little bit about just the origin story of of meeting each other, the origin story. <laughs> uh, no, I like that. I like that. Uh,
1: so I was familiar with her work long before I ever met her Um because I was uh, dating my first trans girlfriend Um, and I was just like how do I not fuck this up (laughs) this is important Um, so yeah so like I'd been familiar with her zine had heard about it um, and I read it and I fucked it up for other reasons so there was that um, so yeah, so she was, you know, already established in my mind and in my circle as like the of Bellwether. Um, the other thing, <laughs> uh, the other thing that I mainly knew her from was, uh, there was a very short-lived but very sort of explosively consciousness-raising Facebook group, because again, of time, uh, called well-known secret society which is very funny uh which was um it was just like a private facebook group of trans women all just having like this sort of moment of like oh you too and you know like consciousness raising again as you know as second wave as it is is really what that sounded like um so my roommate of course was in it and most of my friends and uh so I would get the gossip secondhand and um she was <laughs> she was known for an internet fight especially at that point um very strong opinions didn't suffer fools, um also did not have any pain relief for her very severe uh, rheumatoid arthritis and um mixed connective tissue, misconnective tissue disease um so that made her a little sharp and once she discovered weed here um she mellowed out but um yeah that was kind of the uh, reputation that had preceded her like very intelligent very funny very sharp we'll start a war
0: (laughs) at the same time
1: yeah those that Uh,
0: don't know Callens um can you like let us know um what fucking trans women like the zine can you just tell us about it um sure mentioned it and i feel like it might be helpful for just people to know got it um it is
1: a zine hence the name um about i mean basically what it says on tin fucking trans women like there's a lot more in there like a lot of it is In a way, it's sort of a synodosh, which is a word I never know if I'm saying right, um, of her in a lot of ways and like of her interests. Because like, you know, it's one part autobiographical and, you know. lyrical thoughts about love and sex and relationships and relationships with your body and with others and um it's one part her uh she had a very 18th century style like amateur scientist vibe which i always loved um of just like, I don't fucking know. No one else is doing the research. I'm going to figure it out myself. Uh, which is where you get a lot of the um the stuff in there about the vagus nerve um, and about like the actual structure of your genitals and like what happens when you introduce estrogen to it. So, you know, on the one hand you have like The philosophical part of like a hard penis is not the only sexy penis and also like here's some diagrams and photos of myself that I've taken because I don't have anyone else to do it and um yeah so she she not infrequently described it as A manual to herself that she had to write. That is also um, has been and continues to be very useful for a lot of other people, like for trans women, for people dating trans women. Um, it uh, so I mentioned that you know her reputation as like the Mirabelle weather preceded her. And part of what I mean about that is because there was nothing like it written before, Uh, pretty much all of the instructional or how to writing I've seen about uh, sex with or for trans women is clearly based in it, whether most of them have the graciousness to acknowledge that and, you know, mention it. but it's all still mostly her work. Like there's nothing to surpass it. Um, like it's still a go-to and that's part of why she did it. Because if she hadn't, I don't know that anybody else would have or would have thought to. Um,
0: I don't know if that answered the question. That definitely but... answers the question. Um I guess so you had read it before yeah before we met and you also mentioned like not wanting to fuck it up um and i was curious like i feel like another thing that struck me in the zine was like i can totally like see like mira containing multitudes and being like very very smart um and like intimidating in a certain way maybe but also Empathetic, like it seemed like there was a cord of like deep empathy and just like how does the who she was and wow.
1: her relationship to um to her sisters, whether she liked them personally or not, like it doesn't. <laughs> uh, Terry Pratchett has a line about how uh, a gathering of witches isn't a coven; it's an argument. And uh, we would joke that the same thing held true for a group of trans women. Like it's an argument. Uh, yeah, like empathy, love, just wanting people to act right was really at the core. And um, the fucking up I meant was with my first girlfriend, who was not Mira. Um, Got it. Privacy, uh, um, Amelia. Uh, because I had never had sex with a trans woman before. So, and, you know, I was friends with a lot of trans women who had had dates who had really hurt them in various ways. So it was like, well, I don't want to do that. Um, So I read it and it helped. And um, people did not infrequently find her intimidating which was very frustrating for her um the way like you know we couldn't we couldn't go to an event without like someone coming up and saying oh my god thank you you saved my life you changed my life um which is great like but also it's hard when as she would put it, like, I don't want to be the Mira other I just want to be Mira the girl. Like, can we get to that part, please? Like, um, in certain ways, her, however niche it is, her fame is a little alienating for her. Um, which is why I've Ben making the point that, um, you know, like, she put her bra on one boob at a time like anybody else. Like, if you admire someone, just talk to them like a person. And, like, if you're intimidated, just go ahead and do it anyway. Like, the worst thing is that they won't respond or they'll be like, go away, kid. Um, so, yeah, so that was that was hard like having to get past that initial oh my god it's you
0: for a lot of people um was uh, it different for you like and so when you first started dating like do you remember no um so the way that we met was
1: um she was dating one of my friends at the time both they were dating at the time and This woman was my friend at the time and no longer. Um, uh, So she was visiting and um, we were all getting together for uh, me and the other girl, Marie. Uh, Our friend was having a birthday party. So uh, they come in and um, I hustled my way down the table. Uh this was at uh Lily's, which is the Lily Langtree themed bar by Union Square, which seemed fitting, Oscar. Um so yeah, so I hustled on down and um started talking and we both had an oh no, she's hot moment. <laughs> and wound up just kind of focusing on each other for the rest of the night, which uh was not appreciated. And um because I am very smart, uh we invited, we being me and my roommate, um, invited them over for dinner the next night. And uh that's that's when, oh no, oh no, she's hot, <laughs> really hit for both of us and we were like individually in our heads like oh, I know what'll make this better drinking did not make it better um a lot of just like I can't look at her because then it'll be too obvious which then made it very obvious to everybody else in the room anyway like it, it was pretty uh immediate and um, she had a terrible visit with my friend, um, not because of that, mainly just because that friend is, as I said, insane. Um, and then she was, she was heading back to Iowa. About the same time I was coming back to New York from going out to California for uh, my roommate Jesse's bottom surgery. Because before 2015, we did not have any trans surgeons in New York, period. Like, my friend Zil Goldstein is the one who set up the original program at Mount Sinai. Um, And she got pushed out because trans women, of course. Uh, But yeah, before then, like your choices were Bowers out in San Francisco or Thailand or, you know, something like that. Um, I drew the line at, I am not going with you to surgery in a different country where I don't speak the language. And if something goes wrong, I'm going to have to coordinate that and then also have to call your mom from wherever the fuck we are and be like hi so i know you're kind of a strange right now but uh you're uh <laughs> like no you're i'm not doing that we're we're staying in the us so i was on my way back from there and mira was going in the other direction and she was like sending me texts about like how she really hoped we could run into each other at the airport which wasn't going to happen but yeah, we both had it pretty really bad, pretty early, and um, I was just coming off a really bad breakup. Uh, the The kind of breakup where you've been together for a year, and then she says, uh, "I never loved you." I just started saying it because everyone was saying it at the time because our friend just died. And then I just kept doing it. And I didn't realize you were meaning it differently. And it's like, yes, you do. Shut up. Uh, anyway, load her into the bridge. And um, so I was uh, a bit gun shy. And um, she was throwing hints that I was not picking up because, you know, she's cool and beautiful. And I'm me. Like, what is why would you be interested? And um I initially called her Miranda for a while because uh I thought that's what Mira was short for. It's not, it's just Mira, which she eventually told me. And I was like, well, I, I didn't want to get fresh. <laughs> it's like you've you've seen my angle canals in print, like it's fine. It's like, okay. Um yeah, uh so this was february march ish uh we started talking a lot
0: um getting close uh i forget what year that was or if you said it like when Uh, it was 2014 i believe so we
1: didn't get a lot of time together um uh yeah so she started coming for visits and um her first visit after we initially met and um after she had called me and had been like uh do you want to go out on a date and she called me because she was like you have to call for dates and um I was like really okay yeah um so she came to visit for my birthday in May that year, which was my 30th. And um she wound up proposing to me that night, which neither of us was expecting. Um and to be fair, there had been a lot of tequila, but honestly, we'd been heading that way anyway, because I gaze. Um so yeah and then from that like yeah that was it like that's just who we are um and then she uh moved to New York to be with me in 20 2016 because we moved out to
0: Queens um yeah. Um and where where was the proposal? Where did that happen? Uh,
1: it was my 30th birthday party at um a bar called Big Bar on 7th. Are you familiar with it? Or you just nodded like maybe you were. Um it's
0: more me being like, yeah, tell me.
1: <laughs> um it is a very, very small bar uh despite its name hardy r hard, on the lower east side and um like kind of decorated like a set from david lynch but not on purpose like they just kind of achieved that vibe without necessarily going for it um cash only like there was only ever one person behind the bar who would sometimes wander out? Um, like the place did not make sense financially. Like it has to be a front for something. Uh, but the drink, the, the, the drinks were cheap. Uh, there were heavy pours. They did not mind a large group of rowdy transsexuals, and uh, you could bring food in. So you know, all in all,
0: good time. But yeah, it was there. So it was like public in front of some friends, or was it off to yeah. the, to the yeah. side? No, this was at like the end of the night as
1: everybody had left at that point. It was just me and her in a booth. And um, it wasn't like a big thing. It was just like, marry me. I was like, all right. I mean, not that
0: chill, but you know. Yeah, this sounds really sweet. It was. Um, what in in your relationship, did you have certain things um, that you like to do together? Like things that brought you joy with each other? Um,
1: I mean, we did. We did, but also just like just being together was fun like it was it didn't matter what we were doing like it was just fun being the two of us um but yeah um she was very big into uh mystery science theater uh actually one of her many lives involved being uh running a bootlegging operation for msd3k tapes uh which paid for part of her grad school if i recall correctly um so yeah so watching things listening to music um listening to podcasts and books together um just stuff like that but i mean The majority of it was just sort of an unending
0: conversation. Um, Do you remember any, like, inside jokes that you had with each other?
1: Uh, Yes. But, yeah, I don't necessarily want to get into that, I don't think. Nothing is less funny than explaining a joke.
0: Heard. (laughs)
1: Actually, I will give you one. Uh, I do like this. No pressure. There's a David Attenborough documentary series. um, One of which is a movie about uh, it's called Mammals, a wedding design. Which then gets into why mammals are so great. Um, but it became a running joke about basically just how poorly designed our bodies are. Like, so, you know, whenever something was going wrong with some part of ourselves, it would be like a
0: winning design. I really like David Attenborough. I think I've seen that. Um, I've seen that series, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, this might yeah. be. Um, I don't know. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, yeah. If you like, since Mira's passing, if there's ways in which, both like literally and metaphorically, if you still sense like her presence, whether it's like an impact that she had, or if it's like, if that, if it resonates to you, that you still kind of sense, um, her there.
1: I mean, she did have a very large impact and. I mean, obviously I do still feel that, um, In lots of ways, Um, one of which being uh, handling different requests from randos about things they want to do about or with or whatever with her work or about her, which um, not that I'm anywhere on the same level, but I was like damn no wonder people hire estate management companies for famous people like
0: it's a lot for taking
1: it is and you know i've i've in a weird way gained some sort of very small insight into you know the courtney loves and the priscilla presley's of the world where you know you have to handle both the personal loss and what that person and what that loss means to everyone else outside. Um, so, so sometimes, you know, it's sweet, like, um, actually I should check back in with her. Um, but there's this one girl who sent me a message And I was just like, oh God, what now? And um, basically she just wanted permission to make um, a personal copy, personal hard copy of um, FTW for herself because she was um, in a printmaking course and wanted basically just to like print herself and bind herself a copy with like... um, an Ambrose type cover, no cyanotype, uh, which is one of the very early forms of photography. I've, you've probably seen it, but um, it was a type of sun sensitive preparation that you could put like leaves or, you know, things like that and expose the sun and it'll turn blue and what you have on it is white and, you know, very pretty. Um, and just wanted to know if that was okay. And if I want if I wanted, she could make one for me and CJ. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and then on the other hand, you have people like uh the woman in Canada who even before Mira died was like hawking her about doing a one-woman stage show based on FTW. And um To the point where Mira was just like, just do it. I don't care. Don't put my name on it. I don't want to be involved. Just do what you're going to do and don't talk to me. Uh, Which she did until um, I got messages from this girl on every conceivable platform she could think of. Like, on Twitter, Instagram, my email. Uh, She even sent one through the GoFundMe for Mira's cancer care to get in touch with me, yes. Uh, Cause turns out when, when someone like Mira has given their permission uh, and then dies, you're supposed to then get the permission from, you know, the estate. And uh the franticness was because she had not done this yet and the show is going on stage in two weeks. It's like, okay.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> she she sent me um a film of it, which I have not watched yet, because I I don't know, like she's a mess. Um I gather there's an animated portion of, like, jizz and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Just, like, eh, this will be interesting. Um, apparently, it got some good write-ups in Canada and uh, was partially funded by the Canadian government, so there's that. Uh, or uh, some rando who messaged me out of the blue, like, shortly after Mira died um first of all treating her like uh, she's jd salinger or something and like just disappeared off the face of the earth and does anyone what else do you know about her and can i have like uh, basically treating her like a cryptid when Mira had a fairly large internet presence so it's like okay you know nothing of what's going on here and then trying to buy the rights to the zine and I guess whatever else I had lying around that I felt like donate like giving them to a library in Texas if I recall correctly and it's like no, no no first of all no like (laughs) like don't talk to me like my wife is mythical uh oh actually this one opened the conversation by just sending me a link to a thing that they had written that was basically like you know what happened to Bobby Fisher but about Mira it's like you don't know anything and also like what a fucking weird way to start a convo and hi could be good um Turns out they were friends with one of Mira's exes. One of Mira's stupider exes, frankly. Um, But anyway, uh, people are weird. And they want... They want a lot of things. Whether it is fitting or not, like I got, um, I think like two weeks or so before Christmas, which is the anniversary, um, I got an email from an acquaintance who is an editor at a small press, and um, they're like, I I was trying to be sensitive to your early grief, but I've been thinking about this all year, and basically wants to do a project where they and I would ask trans women writers to write essays about Mira and then we would compile and edit it and then try to pitch it to their bosses to get it published and just like no absolutely not like first of all you know like You are a trans, like, I hadn't spoken to them in years before Mira passed, and they sent their condolences, uh, in part because they were mad at me for telling Mira that they worked at a bank, which they did during an argument, and like, how dare you throw my actual job at me? Anyway, um, so it's like, I don't really like you. She didn't really like you. Uh, According to them, they apologized and she uh, received it graciously, which I was like, because she didn't care about you. So it's fine. Uh, And this is all going to be on spec. And it's like, so you want us to trans men slash trans masks to ask trans women to work for free for a thing about Mira which we are then going to control like do you do you not see if not the ethics like the optics of this being bad and like the opposite of anything Mira would want Um, so, so I sat on it for a little while and sent what I thought was a fairly polite email uh that started with I appreciate your sensitivity but I would suggest in the future that several weeks before the first anniversary is also not the time to send such a proposal to people um yeah and the same one who uh wanted to buy the rights also wound up doing uh, what they built as a fucking trans woman oral history event even though nobody involved knew Mira. And I think there's only like one trans woman involved in this whole thing. Uh, so by oral history they meant they were just reading it out loud. And it's like this isn't for you to do that. Um, and then they were creating what they were building as a follow-up scene called the fucking gender uh which oh no i'm sorry fucking gender diversity which is infuriating and also not a funny title (laughs) like you're missing the whole
0: point um yeah Um, that must have been hard to be grieving and then like fielding a lot of this at the same time like how did you cope how have you been coping yeah
1: uh how have I been coping not well um I have a good therapist uh so that's been helpful but um I don't know like uh a very much wealthier and cis acquaintance who I keep around because she works in development and access to people with money is always useful I say in my most Ferengi manner (laughs) um, you never know like I don't have resources you have resources um Anyway, uh, she asks, she says something on lines of like, I don't know how you're still up and walking insane. It's like, well, the same part's debatable. And um, I basically got very real about how my options are you have to keep going and moving or living or... I kill myself, and I don't have time for that right now. Like um c j our our partner, like Mira's best friend, soul sister, girlfriend, like soulmate, all of that. Um, she is facing a terminal liver diagnosis um in fact next couple weeks she'll be doing some more testing on that to see where that is and there's uh concern that they will try to fuck with her hormones as part of that like even though they don't go through her liver but whatever um so you know i can't do that before then for sure and um Yeah, if I don't, I don't have anybody to take care of me. Like, which is also part of why I take COVID very seriously, because, you know, everybody wants to go get coffee, but if I go get coffee and get COVID and wind up disabled, you are not coming around to take care of me. Like, I my dad died of um, chronic kidney disease. Technically a heart attack, but chronic kidney disease is what got him there and he was really sick for a long time and you know I saw firsthand how how that works like how you know no one is really there to help you in the wider sense when you're sick people don't know what to do they don't want to get involved um caretaking is really hard and stressful and Um, and yeah and then just the last several years with Mira like it has brought the point home even more so like she spent it very isolated and lonely because especially after year one um, people were taking it less and less seriously and she was getting sicker and sicker Um, like I firmly I firmly believe that the the cancer itself in her lung and what eventually did finally kill her, which was the massive stroke um, on the ventilator, uh, was from COVID. Like, I don't know whether it was... um, I mean, I think... It was probably from back in March 2020 before, you know, all they had was drive-in testing and all that stuff. Like, I don't know if you were in New York at that point, but... um,
0: I was here the whole time, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was bad. Uh, So I think you, you understand what I'm saying when, you know, I say that she was running like hundred and four fever and begging me not to let her die in Jacob Javits center or go to like Falwell's kids outside. Got to write no homo to get treatment camp in um, central park. Like, I think, yeah, I think a lot of things that came later originated there. Like she had lifelong chronic issues and autoimmune stuff and all that but yeah that's when her health started to go downhill and it became more and more of a project of how to protect ourselves when nobody else seems inclined to there was a lot of uh... the thing that always got me was asking like taxi or uber drivers to wear a mask and the response was always who me it's like guess you who else am I talking to you're the one in the car without a mask on and just like every time different people It's just like why why is that the response I don't know like you see my my wife to the side of me with an oxygen tank like
0: you don't think oh maybe I should you know put this on um yeah totally and if you ask you know I feel like that's not you know if someone asks you you're like oh
1: yeah oh yeah Oh, you think but no no lots of pushback in lots of places
0: and do you feel like the the social isolation isolation from COVID also played a part in um you were saying like people were kind of taking it less seriously. Like, is that your friends or is that medical professionals or like who?
1: The world, like you have lived in the same world that I have for the last several years. Like there's a reason why everyone's not everyone, but there is a reason why like my Instagram feed and I'm sure yours too looks like it did in 2019. Like, that's what I'm talking about like everyone wants a return to normal and they are pretending that that is the case and it is not and people like me and Mira are the floys the Um the flies in the ointment that sort of gives the lie to that and yeah like my i was very transparent with my job about what was going on and all that stuff um i actually uh i told them that i could no longer work in the office like the day before they instituted work from home because i couldn't like it was too dangerous like i I am not killing my wife or children's wear. Like, it is not that important. Um, I mean, it's important enough that I needed it to support us because Social Security disability payments are nothing. Uh, On a good month, she was getting $800 tops. Uh, And that was with us having to legally pretend that we're roommates because if you have a partner then the presumption is that they will be covering all of your costs and there goes your benefits. And you definitely can't get legally married because then for sure um it's outsies. Um I do not remember exactly where I was going with that.
0: Um but I think it was yeah. initially just talking about like you know just grief and um the ways in which people have been not really helping you with that process and then also maybe misunderstanding things and also being totally unhelpful and um yeah yep that's the reality of it do you find are there any like you said you have a good therapist, but are there any, like, communities that you feel good around, maybe even on, like, Zoom? Or do you feel like that's just really hard to find um, any systems of support, or is that something that you're just struggling with right now? Uh, I guess specifically maybe in the trans community, but I suppose it could be also not... <laughs>
1: my mirrors friend um julia blair once said and this has stuck with me that in terms of like trans community this is part of a eulogy at another mutual friends uh funeral um that if you can replace the word community with party or scene it is not a community and that is what a lot of people have chosen in this current moment like actual community is less important than going to this event or going to this dance party or you know all that stuff um i mean i have actual friends who are you know good and kind and care about me and CJ and Mira Um, but I am I am much too old at 38 and cynical to be under any illusions that there is such a thing as the trans community Um, like a lot of that is just children arguing on the internet frankly Um, so like so many of my other answers both yes and no like I have personal friends that I care for and talk to me but I'm not really a group joiner Um, when I was first coming out as trans um, I was like Well, (laughs) I'm going to be real. There are a lot of trans men that I love and have known for a long time and uh, all that jazz. But as a group, we are largely dumbasses. So there was a very long period of like, oh, no, I can't be because look at those people over there. Like, that's... That's not me. Um, the same the same funeral about where the, the quote about community comes from. Uh, one of them, one of the trans guys that I knew at the time, uh, showed up to the funeral with a jerky in his pocket that he had dumpstered at some unknown point previously and was like offering to people at the funeral. Um, so, yeah... Uh, I did try a a trans-mass support group through the center as they're trying to rebrand themselves, uh, the LGBT center. Um, But uh, for whatever reason, maybe it's changed in the last couple years. But at the time, it was like... It felt like you needed a secret password, like there wasn't information on the website so you had to call and then once you called they had to send you a questionnaire and then you fill out the questionnaire and then they'll let you know if you're in the group or whatever. Um, So I was like this is bullshit but I did it anyway. And uh, I went to one Zoom meeting. Uh, Again, I found myself in the Benjamin Button situation of being like physically and experientially a lot older than everyone else but also technically at the same point of transition and um yeah just nothing nothing to offer me like you're you're 25 you're living in your mom's house like this is I I think my issues are beyond you people. Um and the the nail in the coffin was the very last guy to speak. Uh who was talking about, oh no, I can change my turf girlfriend. And it's like, no, you can't. You're very young. No. And also, that's fucked up that you're with a turf. And it's like, I'm not coming back. Um so yeah, I mean there's there's no real bomb in Gilead. Like I uh, what group am I gonna join? Like there are caregivers and you know widow slash widower groups, but those are all largely straight cis people who are in their 60s. Um
0: Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the struggle is real. I think that the struggle sounds like the reality, and um, I, I've also I've heard that too. Like that, it's not you know that it's a struggle to find community, um, as a trans person. So I think honesty.
1: I. I would dissect that a little bit yeah. it's not a struggle because a struggle would be implying that it's still something that i'm looking for or expect to find which i don't and the other The other point is that it's not because specifically that I am trans. It's because of who I am personality-wise, like um like transness is an aspect of it, but that's not the thing standing in the way, is what I'm trying to say. it's people being idiots (laughs) or, you know, just not knowing what to do with my experience. Like, um... yeah. And also like what, I am not going to find any solidarity with someone who thinks that brunch is more important than protecting people like my loved ones. And, you know, that's what a lot of people want to do. Like, oh, we should go get coffee. It's like, okay, you have not heard a thing that I have said.
0: Yeah, right. It's like living on another planet or something.
1: Every day is a different reality from everybody else. But they're having fun. So, you know, Mm. we'll see you in five years. And then I'll know more dead people. What? I said, then I'll know more dead people. Like, that is the large, one of the large frustrations of just, you know, seeing people I care about throwing themselves into the wood chipper. Like... Like, I've had a number of friends actively kill themselves. And, you know, at least with that, it's kind of a surprise. And also, you don't get to watch them slowly do it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get so into COVID. Like, I know the, the party line is to pretend that it's over, but I can't.
0: You don't have to be sorry. I think that it's, um, you know, it's kind of intrinsic and in feeling like people are kind of forgetting that that's not the case. And so, Oh, they forgot. It seems important to actually like counter that with like what you're saying and like, Oh, I do. Nobody listens to me, but I do. Yeah. If you could organize your own, like if you could do it differently in the way that people are, what they're not doing like, do you have any ideas of, like, how, I don't know, we could put help. your
1: masks back on? First of all, we can start there. Like, I I don't know that there is any fixing it at this point. Like, between people's apparent willingness to get themselves and their kids infected over and over again, like, the fact that because we've been doing this, like, the the strains have become incredibly diverse and most of them no longer respond to the primary vaccines um like if we had continued doing what we were doing in 2020 for you know slightly longer maybe we wouldn't be in this situation but we are and You know people who know me and knew mira very well and i have been very open and frank about the manner of her death just like there's um uh we're friends with a throuple and uh one of them posted fairly recently about being in the hospital uh with no mask and she already has long COVID, so that's fun. Uh, um, so it was like, uh, because I'm me and I have a wealth of hospital experience, uh, I was like, are you okay? Do you need anything? I can come by, like so on and so forth. Um, Especially since like her husband was the only one who showed up to the ICU when Mira was in it. Um. Anyway, uh, so she was like, oh, no, no, Uh, just getting scans, uh, just getting fetal scans of the third partner who's pregnant. And I'm just like, okay, very worried about how the anatomy scan is going to turn out, but you're doing all this. Okay. Well, good luck with that.
0: Do you feel like there's something that, um, not that your friends are young, but like that the youth are not, like, I don't know, understanding or like um, that there's a gap or something? There is no gap.
1: There's just ignorance and a committal to normality at all costs. like cuz i get the same thing from the people that i work with like yeah it's not young kids being reckless it's it's everybody it's like you know plenty of people our age plenty of people older um yeah i mean you have eyes you've seen yeah i have now that i've
0: brought the mood way down hey one of my questions but i don't know if this is kind of like it's quite contrasty but it's like if you have any hopes for the future um no (laughs) uh which is
1: not the answer i'm supposed to be giving but uh at this moment not particularly um a thing I try to remind myself is that the world has ended before and continued. Like, this world is over, I think. But, you know, the dinosaurs thought that they were going to be the world, too. Like, things change. Um, I mean, I do have... Clearly, I do have some hope for the future, which is why I'm doing things like this interview to plant breadcrumbs for, you know, whatever kind of queer or trans people, you know, come after us to find. Because um, a lot of things get lost, and it's important for them not to and. like i'm sure i've mentioned it but i always go back to the example of uh Marsha p johnson and sylvia rivera about you know how a trans woman artist did the majority of the academic work of resurfacing who they are what they did like the history and you know then gets taken by everybody else and it's like you know yes queen tote bag park you know so it is finding a balance between yassification and obsolescence maybe um yeah especially with the uh what is the increasingly rapid rise of fascism um i don't know if you're following the trans laws in ohio and florida among various other places Uh, and you know the the famous photos of the brick burning at the magnus hirschfeld and you know we lost all of that information and knowledge and um yeah my hopes are not high but trying to cast letters in the bottle to the future such as it is
0: yeah I mean there seems to be something like very active about what you're doing like you're even if you don't have them like you might be creating them like (laughs) the new breadcrumbs like oh yes no
1: that's on purpose
0: presently yeah um in that act like are there is there any um things that you just like want to share about like mira or yourself that are misunderstood or ways that you're grieving that are not being appreciated like and who's
1: going to appreciate my grieving maybe I misunderstand the phrasing but
0: I guess just um, making space for it and telling it like it actually is from your experience um maybe a more direct way would see it, a way that you would like it to be remembered. Uh,
1: I mean remembering at all would be a good first step. Um, I had a fun conversation with my boss boss uh, a couple of days ago where he's like how was your holidays and I was like fine thanks and, uh, you know, he kept going like, oh, did you leave New York? And I had to be like, it's the first anniversary of my partner's death, which you were there for. I didn't say that part. Um, he was like, oh, that's that must be hard. It's like, yeah, it is. Which is why you almost fired me several times when I was trying to keep her alive. Um, I... I mean, I I do censor myself sometimes, but, you know, I do tell it like it is to the people that I trust and I care about. Um, but in terms of space or care for grieving, like... Who does that like? (laughs) It's important to me and to people who are very close to her, but for everybody else, life goes on.
0: Do you feel like there's anything that you would want to share or like in reaching out and wanting to, to, um, I mean, in some ways, like, because you care about it, like you're making space for it. Um, is there anything that you feel compelled to share from that impulse to reach out? Um,
1: I mean the main things that I have emphasized is that you should give I mean everyone but especially trans women um their roses before they die and you know everybody loves to be sad about a dead trans woman when you know she can no longer disagree with you or make you uncomfortable call you out but you know what is what is anyone doing to keep a trans woman alive like are you giving anybody money are you working on getting people housing like you know so on and so forth um I started a uh an annual buy a trans woman a pizza or other food of her choice or cash equivalent day on Mira's birthday. Um, and that was pretty successful. I did the first one this year and, um, what is Mira's birthday? What's that? What is Mira's birthday? It is March 31st. She's an Aries. Um, and mine is May 31st. So we matched a little bit there. um, Yeah, I mean, take care of your friends. Be there when they're alive. So you are, you know, all of blue, blue, blue afterwards when you could have been in touch. Um, and I will give kudos to a lot of people who did reach out when they understood how serious Mira's health concerns had come. Um. God, I don't know. I don't know if I'm... If I'm making my points in this interview or not, but, um, like I just, I would want her to be remembered in her complexity and, um, and her love like she wanted more for everyone like a very strong sense of justice I suppose Um,
0: yeah I don't know Totally. I mean, I felt like in reading, I don't, you know, I didn't know Mira, but in reading fucking trans women, it felt so giving and loving and tender.
1: Yeah, that's who she is. And that's, yeah. What she wanted for all of her sisters to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um our friend Brynn killed herself, although I have my doubts about that. Um, Long story. Mm -hmm. Um, And she had uh, what was largely a very nice funeral at St. John's Divine, um, except for Sarah Schulman's eulogy, which graphically described the manner in which she found Brynn's body, um, and also kind of blamed for all of her own problems which was not the case as a low-income trans woman with HIV in New York um like it was graphic enough that Mira who had been very close to her like back in the camp trans days and you know came up together like just had nightmares about it the rest of her life um and uh she felt so strongly that it was wrong and that it is important to treat the dead well. Um, That she held a sort of impromptu all trans woman read through of Agamemnon in my living room, (laughs) which, if you are familiar, is about the importance of burying your dead And yeah. Yeah. My life's a real bummer. Sorry about that.
0: (laughs) I keep going on mute because my heater is really loud, (laughs) but (laughs) that's totally, I don't know. I think you're just, you're just being real. It's okay. (laughs) Thanks. Do you feel that um are there certain um like you mentioned camp trans? I guess I was curious if you could tell us more about camp trans. I read a little bit about it, but just for people when they listen, um uh so
1: Michigan Women with a Y festival. Um was Uh, a big dumb lesbian uh, folk festival which made increasingly insane commitments over the years to just how much they did not want trans women specifically like to visit or be on the land or be allowed in um but you know no no problem for the uh muckety muck i that one of my roommates girlfriends worked with in aid services in new york who uh would take his vacation to mitchfest and detransition for like the two weeks you know but no man on the land no can't have that it's like okay Uh, So nobody actually really wanted to go to it. It was the point. Um, So Camp Trans was uh, a camp of trans people uh, set up literally across the road, having a much better time and making a point about the exclusion. And, um, God, yeah, it's so... On the one hand, I am glad that we don't have this argument every summer anymore where, you know, cis women are like, but I have to go. It's so much fun. And, you know, I'm going to change it from the inside. It's like, no, you're not. No. No. Bullshit. Um But yeah, it was um, it was special as an early late 2000s um, space for trans people to just be together, which, you know, there was not as many opportunities for that then and you know again it's consciousness raising like whatever they thought they were doing over in the forest in at mitchfest is what was actually happening at camp trans in terms of like building an actual community and you know camaraderie and consciousness raising and you know all that stuff uh Meanwhile, they just had, at one point, uh, shortly before they stopped, um, they were finding it increasingly hard to, uh, book talent because, uh, they've, they made their, uh, turf position very clear and, um, a lot of trans people and especially trans women were very vocal about that being fucked up um like i remember one year um what's his face jt with the little mustache from bikini kill uh was defending having to play mitch fest because how else will i afford my brooklyn condo and my bike it's like, okay, yeah, cool. Um, so a lot of that shit. Um, but yeah, Camp Trans didn't suck, and you would not have to hear bitch three times
0: in a row because they can't book anybody else. And Mira was like pretty act, you were both pretty active in camp, you weren't active, it was Mira. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this was and this was, yeah, that was a number of
1: years before I met her. Um like that's where she met the first trans girl that she ever dated. Um yeah, it was formative.
0: Do you um do you remember a time when like you felt seen like in a good way? <laughs>
1: I think I need that question narrowed down a bit like by who
0: in what way like what are we what are we talking about I guess like um, like maybe like at home in your in your body and um, just an early memory of feeling that way ah
1: Well, my family didn't really see me. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, the also answer can also be no. Era. Not <laughs> in contact with my mom for the last several years. And that was um. one of the better decisions I ever made for myself. Um, I mean, Mira saw me. Like, that's... Mira saw a lot of me before I saw it, usually. Like... um. Like for years, she would just sort of, you know, gently prod and ask if, you know, transition to something that I've considered and it would be okay. And, you know, like we can, you can play a boy if you want to in XYZ context, whatever. Um. So, yeah, so I know that she saw me and CJ sees me and like the people that I consider close friends get me um, work is still uh, I have he him in next to my name like on slack on my email on zoom and you know it's still constant chi uh, which is why I'm growing up the dirt stash to see if that makes it a it um, so that's cool Um, But, I mean, I've been working in my industry for many years, and it's only in the last four or five that I have encountered other trans people in the industry, um, and also them being out about it because... Uh, contrary to popular perception like the garment industry is very small and very conservative at the management level Mm -hmm. so you know who's gonna have a problem with what um so it's nice that I have like uh another like have a non-binary person on my team now and um Nobody uses their pronouns either.
0: Uh so yeah. Work in progress. Yeah. So workplace stuff has kind of always been a struggle in a certain regard. Uh I mean Yeah. yeah. Like. Um Have you I mean you talked a little bit about like the like the challenge to like make a living or make ends meet. Um could you talk a little bit more about that? Um uh real well, like, struggle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, neither of us came from money. Um Uh, which, <laughs> uh, the week that my dad died, uh, Jesse, who had reconciled with her parents at this point and was still my roommate, um, just left the $30,000 check that her parents had wrote her to as a down payment for an apartment just on the kitchen table, like, one of one of those very stark your dad's rich, my dad's dead moments that mm. you get in life. Um, but yeah, it's a struggle because like um, social security is not designed to support you. It's designed to get you off the government payroll as fast as possible. Like whether that's oopsie, your family gave you too much help, so we're taking your benefits or you have a partner now, you're their problem, or just, you know, you fucking died. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not designed to be lived on. And it can't be like $800 in New York on a good month. And when I say a good month, I mean, because they eventually found out that uh she was still getting Zine sales, which you know, on the very best month would be about like $400 tops. So then it would be like, oh, we you over, we overpaid you. So now you're in a deficit and we're cutting your payments and yeah, whole thing. Um, so yeah, so my job, I was raised by a workaholic, um, and have a lot of those tendencies myself um but yeah the pressure of like I need to keep whatever job because I went through a couple jobs in our relationship and some of them were worse than others like if I don't then like we're screwed no one else is going to step in I don't have parents who can write a $30,000 check Um, so yeah so there was a lot of pressure to make that work and um, my industry is sort of notoriously abusive Um, so that's a fun combo Um, but yeah no it's There never there never was a time where there wasn't worry about money
0: or stability or, you know, something. Was there ever a time where it was like particularly um, fragile and you had to crawl yourself out? Or it was more just something that you always had to keep afloat? because
1: yeah yeah
0: Yeah. and your industry you said garment but it's and you said you also went to FIT but it's in the fashion industry uh yes Yeah. yeah it's the uh specifically I work in children's square as
1: a graphic artist um so I do graphics and prints and all that jazz but I went to FIT for illustration like not for pattern making or anything
0: did you draw any of the things that are behind you? <laughs> uh well that uh is those
1: three things, those four things were the first pieces of art that I sold and yeah. one of the nice things that my parents did was like frame the little check and stuff. Um but everything else is by friends. I like the little chick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is my uh by my friend.
0: Um uh, Caitlin, took me a second. Um how do you feel about living in New York City now? Like I guess you grew up well, you grew up in Staten Island, but have your feelings changed about New York City? Um, do you still love living here?
1: I mean, it's not about love like i just live here like my parents like i am third or fourth generation like the various you know depression era forebears got off the boat and we're like this is good and haven't really gone much further um like i've never lived anywhere else um my industry is centered here uh so that's the skills that I have so I kind of have to stick around but also like I don't want to live anywhere else like this is my habitat which is why you know people doing the Joan Didion farewell to all that thing always pisses me off like some people actually just live here and they've lived here for a long time and like good go bye yeah lots of you know rich queers slumming it and like i don't know how anybody can live here and the city is trying to kill me it's just like people live here and have families and they have for centuries like i don't know what to tell you
0: I'm just looking at my questions. I asked, you've answered a lot of them. I guess, well, one thing I, I haven't asked you is um, what impact um, like you were talking about, Mira, really seeing you. And um, I guess if you, anything you wanted to share about what impact Mira had on you and then also vice versa, like I imagine, I don't know if that's easy for you to see from your eyes, but just wondering the impact you had on each other.
1: Um, I mean, we made each other better or tried to, um, like I would not have figured my gender out, um, which feels silly to say, but it's true. Um, I mean, being actually unconditionally loved by someone is huge. Um, I mean, she was the person that I loved most in the world. Like, what isn't affected? Yeah.
0: sounds like it was a very um whole relationship I mean I tried my best
1: like <laughs> I have a lot of fucking issues that I'm still working through and I was not anywhere as far as I would have preferred to be um but it is what it is. Like we were both in pretty bad spots when we got together, and um, I mean, I think I mean the long and short of it is like I don't think either of us would have necessarily have survived on our own if we hadn't met.
0: Is there anything you feel that you still, like, carry with you from the love that you shared?
1: I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's everything, like,
0: it doesn't go away. Um, Of course, yeah, I just mean, like, if you, if there was anything you wanted to share on that topic, of course, that is the case. Um.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just so vast that I don't know, you know, how to put a neat on that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think you already said two really big things, which are like, maybe you wouldn't have found like home in your gender. And also maybe you wouldn't be here. Um, And those strike me as two huge things. So, yeah. Um, How are you feeling? I'm just going to check because I know it's, you know, it's a lot to talk about. So I just want to check in with I'm you. Fine. Okay. I've been talking about dead people for a long time. So... <laughs> Do you need a bathroom break? Like anything like that? Oh. I mean. Um, actually, yes, I will run to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Okay. I will too. We can just take like a two minute pause. <laughs> so I'll wait for it to just not bees can you hear it no okay um that's good yes um yeah I guess one thing I would love to hear more about is again this phrase of like toddlers teaching babies and just like I don't know like the importance of mm-hmm. the importance of yeah. creating history it's been re- erased or remi- remembering history yeah um because yeah mira always
1: termed it the orphan elephant problem which um which is from you know elephants having their elders um you know poached or whatever and so then you have them trying to raise each other without any sort of guidelines or guidance or mentoring from anyone who's yeah yeah and like there's a lot of reasons for that um there's i mean first of all just death like people die suicide murder illness um part of that is geographic and um, part of it is I mean just who you find when you're first looking for other people as you realize this about yourself Um, but yeah it causes a lot of problems and bad behavior towards each other because we don't know how to regulate ourselves. Um, And yeah, like just having to constantly reinvent the wheel without the benefit of someone being like, oh yeah, we have a wheel. You can use it. Um, So yeah, just sort of like having to figure everything out with people who are not much more well-informed than you are. And, um, yeah, it's important to not let that information get lost. um, As a lot of it has. Um, And, you know, some of it is people just not being involved with you know younger kids coming up because it's exhausting and they've already been through so much at that point that it's just you know I just want to go live my life which I think is fair and you know talk to people who I don't have to start from 101 with um, So, yeah, like, really small micro-generations and people getting stuck in, you know, very small echo chambers yelling on Tumblr
0: or whatever. Um, What are they yelling at each other about?
1: Oh, it's always something. I mean, it's mostly on Twitter these days, but, you know, like... Uh, I think the current one on Twitter right now is like transgender versus transsexual which is like the same stupid fights that if they knew any of their history they would know have been going for at
0: least the past century <laughs> do you feel that or do you not feel do you have any intergenerational relationships um in I mean a little bit. Uh
1: our friends uh Marlene and Popper. Well, I I was about to say Poppers because I always call her Poppers, um, but her human name is Dorian. Um Marlene was uh one of Mira's older sisters, so we did have that as a little bit of an example of you know uh trans woman who was about 10 years older. And her partner, who was about the same age, like, it wasn't, you know, a huge gap, but enough to sort of illuminate the possibilities. Um, But, I mean, generally... generally it's in the other direction. Like um, I've been trying to foster relationships and um, have financially helped younger trans people because that's important.
0: Yeah. You were saying you've like also blown some younger trans people's minds and um, (laughs) that can, I don't know. What's that like for you? it's um it's a little disorienting
1: sometimes um to discover that things that were very widely known at one point not very long ago like between five to ten years is just did not get transmitted like they don't know about it they didn't hear about it Um. So it feels useful to be a person who can be there and, you know, provide some of that context and um what things are like. but I mean, it also makes me feel really old, which again is funny because i'm technically a very (laughs) young trans years um but that's usually you know that's how it goes um i mean it's there can be a sort of demoralized well It's not that there's a lack of curiosity. There appears to be a lack of acting on curiosity, and also not knowing what you don't know, for a lot of them. Um, like especially since we're sort of like on the second generation of that wave of translate. So you know they they know girlfriends by Emily Zhu, but they don't know Nevada. By Imogen necessarily. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm basically just kind of a haunted house for a lot of ghosts.
0: Um, do you have like a top five like texts that you would recommend, or do you like? Or is that hard to, I mean, or anything that just like was meaningful to you?
1: I mean, there are things that are meaningful for me because they are created by someone I care about or I was involved in the process Um, like I'm in the acknowledgments of um, the safe girl to love Uh, ironically the one who told me that she didn't love me (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, well you say it in the back of your book so I got that (laughs) Um, we're all so fucked up Uh. I don't know that I have any in terms of like oh yes that's me and my transition and all that jazz but um, I mean FTW obviously Uh, Nevada was huge like that was really sort of the start of the current trans lit movement literally Mm -hmm. Um when did you read that? Uh oh, I read it when it came out. Yeah. But like, I was I was involved with the Topside crew, as I've mentioned. But um Yeah, I don't know. I mean it depends on like whether we mean texts about trans people, whether it's sex by trans people or about us, or I mean there's no There's no one Rosetta Stone that I can give. Um, I mean, Whipping Girl is Foundational by Julia Serrano and um, her and Julia Serrano also went way back. Um, Mira actually got her as, as in like arranged and, you know, got all the permissions and set up the event and stuff. Uh, got her to come to campus to talk shortly after um whipping girl came out so um they knew each other for a long time Mm -hmm. um and i mean that's sort of like the core of not the core like the seed of sort of current trans feminist thinking and theory um Yeah, I don't know. I mean, usually when someone asks me this, I try and tailor it to them or whatever interest they're trying to fulfill or find or, you know, do you like novels? Do you like nonfiction? Do you like theory?
0: Um, Totally. Yeah. Like in through your own transition, um those were like specifically helpful for you and that it might be different for each person?
1: Uh, yes. I mean, I don't, I mean, I think that's what I said earlier that there haven't necessarily been things that I've read that were like, like, I mean, because I was already, you know, living in life more or less like, there's yeah no I haven't found anything particularly insightful about myself or trans masculinity or
0: whatever um, did you feel like it was like, a, like it added up to like a feeling or like it's like you found pieces of yourself or that it was just inspirational
1: Inspirational isn't the right word because it wasn't inspirational. Like, a lot of things that I mentioned were just writing about life as it was then. Like, it wasn't inspiring because I was also living in it. Like, it's inspiring in the sense of, like, now you can be a trans person and get a book published about trans things and you don't necessarily have to handhold the reader through every little thing, Um, which was like the big revolution of Nevada. Like it just takes for granted that you know what she's talking about. And if you don't, you can figure it out or fuck off. And I mean, the same thing with FTW, like they're, there was a need and no one else to fill it and Mira did
0: and yeah I don't know mm-hmm. Um, in FTW I feel like Mira also invites people to like add to the zine did that ever happen like yeah. no she was very disappointed about it yeah yeah No,
1: it was intended to be, um, as she says, like a community cookbook where, yeah, the hope is always that people would add in or contribute, but no, that never happened. Nobody stepped up. Um, She was working on a project with CJ before she died, but that hasn't
0: been completed yet. Um, No. Hmm. I wonder if that could happen still. I don't know.
1: I mean we're working on it but you know it's it's not like either of us are bubbling with energy right now.
0: Yeah. Um you mentioned the topside crew a couple of times could you talk more about the topside crew? Um I'm sorry. Uh topside <laughs> was uh
1: a small press run by Tom air who was a trans man i mean he still is i'm assuming he's alive somewhere uh he was a terrible person but had money and uh he set up a press and um like the first thing that they published was called the collection and it was a collection Of short stories and um, like they had like a release party at um, slash reading at Housing Works bookstore and you know Janet Mock showed up and we were all excited and um, still one of like one of very few people I've ever met in person who just looks like a magazine cover like oh shit there are people who do just look like that in real life <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> um but yeah I mean a lot of they were not an insignificant part of sort of the trans tipping point thing um and the work that they did and they published has been foundational for stuff like Tori Peters, Detransition Baby. Like, you don't have that without Topside, and not just because she fucked Tom Leger for a while, um,
0: which is its own punishment. So it's fine. Uh, is there a physical location to Topside Press? No. Yeah. No, I mean they went
1: defunct a long time ago. And um even as it was, it was like a three or four person operation actually doing it. Um so, so yeah, no, not a ton of no, there's not a location and there's not a ton left of it um except for Casey Platt, uh, who is now currently running a trans woman-specific small press with um, a cat Fitzpatrick called um, Little Puss Press, mm. which, you know, has carried the torch uh, in terms of, you know, Casey having been in both. Um yeah but um yeah it was a very small company but there's you know a wide network of writers and friends and people who worked at bookstores and all that jazz um
0: Is there anyone that um I don't know if you did but when like you were younger was there a teacher or someone who you learned from that had a positive impact on you? Um
1: I mean, I don't know anybody specific, but um, I mean, I made it my business to learn something positive
0: where I could. Mm -hmm. When did you first start like drawing or being interested in illustrating? Uh. I mean,
1: before I can remember, my mom did, does the same job in the same industry. So I just kind of grew up with it and the skill set that I have. So, but yeah, no, there's, there was never a time before I was drawing or
0: interested in art. Yeah. You just remember not.
1: Yeah. No, I was like the 10 year old carrying around the literal, like art history college textbook like that's that's where I was
0: um is it some when do you do you mostly do it for work or do you turn to it as like a it's
1: mainly for work um which has been personal work is a whole thing um I don't really want to get into it but um all good yeah Uh, did I mention the time that Muffing uh, came up on Darker Carlson?
0: No, you didn't. You want to talk about that? Sure. <laughs> uh, so I think, I forget when exactly this was. Um,
1: but it was pretty recently. Uh, let me find, he like had it in the Chiron and everything, which was hilarious. Uh, here I will send you. Wait, just want to send the picture. Well, that works. Uh, so he was claiming that uh, children were being taught muffing in school. Uh, so. Our initial thoughts were okay, who in that office came across this? Also, like wanting to be a fly in the wall for whoever then explained muffing to Tucker Carlson. <laughs> uh, laughing a lot and then being like, oh shit time to batten down the hatches because you know muffing is so uh singular that it would be very easy to find Mira from that and um I believe this is also around the time that we were fundraising for treatment so it's like okay we don't need the crazies on us so we batten down social media for <clears throat> a while and um I still have a Google alert for muffing, which mainly gets me football players who have fucked up, because apparently that's a well-used term, like muffing a punch or whatever. <laughs> Sorry. So so on the one hand, it was like really funny, but also like really concerning for a couple weeks in terms of like who is going to find us and cause the problem. Uh shortly after a Wikipedia page. Popped up for Mira when there hadn't been one before. So that also, you know, kind of wow. got our antennas up of like, okay, who's paying attention? Um, And that was kind of creepy and weird, but everything, we wound up not getting any blowback and it was all fine. And then uh, we didn't know who'd done the Wikipedia or why. Um, most of it was like, more or less publicly available information from like family obituaries and you know stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, but it was pretty specific so then uh after Mira dies I get a message and it is from uh the trans girl who had set up Mir's Wikipedia uh because she had gone to look for one and there just wasn't one so she's like I should make one it's like well that's a lot less nefarious than I was concerned about. Uh, And then she sent me a poem she had written about Mira, which was nice, but weird. Um, As Wild says, all bad poetry springs from true feeling. Uh, Sorry if she ever hears this. Um, But also had the very niche conversation of mourning someone whose death and life is semi-public. Uh, Cause it turns out her dad was the first journalist killed during the uh, the Iraqi invasion in like post 9-11. Uh, so we were bonding a little bit about that experience of like, People kind of know but don't really know and it's weird and it's public and you're going to see people's opinions about it and their own feelings and all that stuff. Um, So there's been moments like that too of like weird and unexpected connecting about a frankly very strange experience.
0: Is there anything that, um, as hard as it's been that, like, any practices that you do to bring you joy or things that bring you joy, even if they're closely connected to something uh, not a lot of
1: things are very joyful, frankly, um, see, uh, Me, Me, CJ, and Mira had started watching um, wrestling a little bit before Mira died. And um, so she and I have a standing twice weekly wrestling washing date, and that's nice. Um, But I mean one day is very much like the same. Mm. Like Next, I mean, the main difference is like, do I
0: have to work today or not? What wrestling do you watch? If you don't mind asking. Oh yeah, no,
1: no, no problem. Uh, AEW, which is very fun and very gay and uh, all of the ridiculous stuff about wrestling, and you know, really good athleticism and camp and fun without everything that is wrong with Vince McMahon, which is a lot. <laughs> like their their business model so far seems to be, what has WWE done over the years? Okay, we're not going to do that.
0: Um, does CJ live close by? She lives in London. Oh.
1: Which also complicates things and you know we did not get very much time to spend together as a family um or just you know together physically very much uh because of the distance and yeah and there was really no way to make it possible to be it for us to all you know be together in the same city permanently. um, Because, uh, I mean, first of all, if you're disabled, which CJ is, they do not want you to immigrate. Uh, And, like, CJ and Mira very much had So they've gotten a lot stricter on green card marriages. Um, Mm -hmm. My first girlfriend's brother was in one where his wife was the one getting the green card. And he's like, I don't know where she is. I haven't seen her in years. So they've gotten a lot stricter about like going through your social media and you have to show them messages and proof that you've been in you know, this whole real long relationship. And like like me and CJ did not necessarily have that as proof. So it wasn't even like I could marry her and bring her over. Um
0: so yeah, borders. It sucks. How did you meet initially?
1: Uh Amira Miramet CJ on Mastodon, I think, which is a Twitter alternative. Um and you know, they became friends and became very close and um, you know,
0: opened up to include her. Was there ever a time that you were hanging out like in the same place?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, she she came to visit
0: several times um she helped
1: us move to this apartment um she visited before that too um she almost overstayed her visa um when amira started chemo in the september before she died in december like she uh cj had been there since july um On a visit but also because like we knew that the cancer was likely back um and we were waiting for a confirmation on that um so uh on the upside uh we she had her first american fourth of july in the hospital um in nyu Langone, right by the water uh so we had a great view of The fireworks from the hospital room and we're just like cj you got you've essentially gotten the entire experience like the emergency room fireworks like we just have to find you a hot dog somewhere and (laughs) classic american fourth of July um so yeah so we definitely got some time and you know they had Mira was able to go over there a couple times to visit um I was usually stuck with work um but not enough. I mean, nothing would have been enough, but especially not enough, yeah, and um, and I went to visit c j uh in this past April in London. um so that was nice
0: um. How do you feel like, sorry for the sirens, but how do you feel um, like in your transition, like presently, do you feel like it's continuous or do you feel like you've arrived somewhere or just how do you feel now? Uh,
1: I mean, there is no a rival point because you keep living um I mean uh I found a surgeon who will perform top surgery on uh people of higher BMI because uh my other options would be losing would be trying to lose like 50 pounds but actively losing my mind which is no good. Um, so, you know, like, that will be nice to, you know, have these done with. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's ongoing. Um, and it will be. Like, it's a process. Like, the first puberty took time, and for better or for worse, the second one does too. You just have to also be an adult through it, which has its, you know, pros and cons.
0: mm mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would want to share about that experience of, like, being, I don't know, Not you're not old at all. You're very young. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean yeah technically but, I just
1: feel yeah. very um and also just my experiences with illness and death like
0: mm-hmm.
1: it makes me sound kind of like a Victorian when I'm talking to normal people <laughs> so there's that um I mean, the main thing is like, like, okay, I know how name changes worked 10 years ago. Like, what's the rules now? Like a lot of that sort of, you know, having to update my mental Rolodex of how things work. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's good. And I'm glad I'm doing it. And I wouldn't go back.
0: And yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything that you would like to add or share that I haven't already asked you? Yeah. Um... I mean, not that I can
1: think of. I don't know how much I've actually talked about Mira or really, you know, presented anything about her, but also I don't know what that would even be. But, um,
0: yeah, nothing I can think of offhand. I think you have talked about her. Um, I guess... We talked a little bit about how you would want her to be remembered, but if there was anything else or any tidbits that came to your mind of things that you'd want her to be remembered by. I'm sure there's so many things.
1: I mean, I think... another thing would be like if you if you can't find the thing or the person yeah. that you need sometimes you will have to be the one who makes that or becomes that person and i think that's an important thing to keep in mind as a trans person Mm -hmm. of whatever flavor, like we are still small and fragmented and all we really have is ourselves and each other. And it is important to, Identify needs and try and get them met, like. Try not to let people go hungry. Um, And just kindness and doing the right thing and not looking for or expecting praise or attention or reward for it just because it is the right thing to do and that is what you do to take care of your people and your sisters and your chosen family and you know it doesn't matter whether I know you personally or if I even like you but if you are trans or queer, you are family, and that takes priority.
0: Yeah. Um, it strikes me that it's hard to do that, like, still, like, that she was managed to, like, create something that you don't have or see like where do you do you feel like there's um I don't know like where that invent inventiveness like came from um,
1: um I mean, it's because she had to like she was. A disabled kid, like they didn't think she was going to make it to adulthood. Um, she was very small for a very long time. Like, um, we her karyotype came out X Y, but we definitely thought that there is that she had some form of intersex going on. Um, because they, uh, she was like five feet tall when she was 16. Um, and the doctor in her rural town in Iowa was like, We'll I'll give you some testosterone for that. No. Bad choice. Cause, like, as far as everyone sees from the outside, it's like, Well, you're not completing male puberty. So you got to do that. Um, which is all a very roundabout way of saying that she did it because she had to, because she very, for a good chunk of her life, she was rarely around someone who was like her in any number of meetings of the phrase. Um, And also I think, I mean, I know a lot of it also goes back to um, her academic interests and studies, which she was, Uh, specializing and writing a thesis on um, and still had like encyclopedic knowledge like as I tell everyone like I wish you were having this conversation with her because she knew so much more Um, but she was very interested and knowledgeable about that sort of late 19th century early 20th century period in sexology and psychiatry and endocrinology when we were just figuring out enough about how human sex hormones work to be dangerous which is always the fun point in a scientific field um like the guy who was uh transplanting goat testicles into people and you know that kind of thing yeah Uh, so I think it also comes from that a background of this is what people have always had to do like if you don't know something then you have to go figure it out
0: yeah well again it's it's still very generous to create it for others as well so There seems to be, like, a very deep um, empathy.
1: Yeah. I mean, she was going generous enough in the sense that she was going to just release it for free. But um, very wisely, one of her friends at the time was like, I forget who, um, told her, like, no, you need to put a price on this because people do not value things that do not have a monetary value attached to it, first of all, and second of all, like you deserve to get something for your work. Like you don't work unpaid, especially as a trans woman and, you know, just swimming in jobs. So um, yeah, you have to find... A line between generosity and also making a point about your own value. And setting precedent for the value of the work of people who come after
0: you. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that there might be like maybe like a wanting the people that it's reaching maybe being economically in a hard place, but at the same time, it's $10. Like people,
1: (laughs) I know people can be in really hard situations, but like, I mean, if you have a friend who has the PDF, like fine, whatever. Um, We've been trying to get it taken down from the internet archive because they have it just for free. And um, they're kind of being dicks about it. Uh so we haven't pressed much recently. Mm. But the reason I care, because again, it's ten bucks, is because of it is priced for a point. And the point is that trans women are not just, you know, content producers who can. have their work treated as something literally without value.
0: Totally. And there's not a text that exists like it. So it's incredibly valuable. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share? Nobody can think of off the top of my head. No. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you and see. I appreciate you opening up about something so personal. I mean, like,
1: what doesn't get spoken about gets forgotten. Yeah.